This episode of the Braving Business Podcast is sponsored by, well, me. I'm PJ Benoit, and I've been in the domestic and international logistics space for over 30 years. If you need any assistance with transportation or logistics, my team and I will jump at the chance to help. Whether it be parcel shipments, e-commerce, pallets and freight, full truckload, international air and ocean, imports, exports, warehousing and distribution, or really anything under the logistics umbrella, we got you covered. For more details, please go to shipwithpj.com. That's shipwithpj.com. Reach out to me there. Mention you found me on this podcast for a special surprise. And one last quick thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please stay on after the show to learn more about the Braving Business Podcast and other great episodes for you to discover. And now, let's get the show started. Hi, this is Taz Letnitsky, the host of the Braving Business Podcast. The episode you're about to hear is going to be a little different than the other episodes that we've recorded. This episode is dedicated to the situation in Israel. And while our guests are both prominent Israeli business people, including Israel's preeminent business journalist, the conversation ended up being more about the situation in Israel in terms of the human aspects of the conflict and not quite as much about business. Given the situation, PJ and I let the conversation flow in the direction that our guests wanted to take it. And as a result, you're going to hear a conversation that's a little bit different than the rest of our episodes. We still felt that this was an important message and an important conversation, and I hope you listen. And while I can't say that I hope you enjoy the conversation, I hope you find it insightful. Thank you so much for listening. Good day to all our viewers and listeners. Today on Braving Business, we find ourselves discussing a topic that has deeply touched hearts and affected lives on an unparalleled scale. On October 7, 2023, a devastating terrorist attack orchestrated by Hamas claimed the lives of 1,400 Israelis, injured thousands more, and resulted in hundreds, including young children and elderly, being kidnapped into Gaza. This has impacted, uh, this has included the claiming of the lives of hundreds of young people who are at a musical concert promoting peace. It's ripped apart communities and families and left a nation and everyone who loves it around the world, including this host, who is a native son of Israel, in deep shock and deep mourning. As the world has come to term with this horrifying act, the people of Israel face the brunt of its aftermath, seeking to find strength, hope, and resilience amidst the chaos. Not surprisingly, with hundreds of thousands of men and women called up for reserve duty, hundreds of rockets continuing to rain on Israel daily, sending citizens to their safe rooms and their shelters, the Israeli economy and business community has been gravely impacted. Today, PJ and I decided to bring a special episode that we are rushing to the market given the timing of the situation. And in this episode, we're privileged to be joined by two men. One is Eitan Avriel, one of Israel's most highly respected journalists whose career spans decades. Having served in the Israeli Navy before shifting to journalism, where he's emphasized business, Eitan co-founded Israel's most widely circulated and highly respected business newspaper and economic news platform, The Marker. As Israel grapples with this tragedy, Eitan's insights into the economic and societal repercussions, as well as his personal experiences and feelings during this tumultuous time, will be invaluable. We're also privileged to be joined by Daniel Dayan, 
founder of Step In, a LinkedIn consulting firm, a lecturer and workshop facilitator, a thought leader and content creator, and head of the high-tech practice in the Career Center Exit in the city of B'nai Brak on the outskirts of Tel Aviv. Welcome, Eitan and Daniel. I wish I was interviewing you under better circumstances, but I appreciate you making time to speak with PJ and myself today. Hi, uh, hello. Hi, thank you. Let's start with you, Eitan, and the same question also for Daniel afterwards. Can you share with us how you found out about what was taking place on October the 7th um, and your immediate feelings and reactions upon understanding the magnitude of the tragedy? Like most uh, Israelis, uh, I found out uh, what's happening from uh, just waking up on Saturday morning, that Saturday, the 7th of uh, October, just like everybody else. A few the few moments after I wake up, I do check my phone and see if there's any special uh, message. I started seeing the message uh, running about something that has begun, some, some kind of attack on defense by... Uh, uh, Hamas in uh, in Gaza, and by then a few hours later, even a few minutes later, the TV stations were already uh, opening with a continuous uh, uh, broadcasting of uh, of event. And then this this whole day was some kind of horror movie, where every few minutes, every hour, everybody discovered that things were ten times more. Uh, dramatic and more uh, horrifying than they were uh, half an hour ago. I, I just remember uh, vividly what I'd say, the, the death count. It, it began sometimes around that Saturday. It started at 6, so by, by midday, the reports were for about 20 uh, dead. And then it started climbing. And from 20, it went to 40. And from 40, and this is stopped just uh you know it just it took a few days but it, it ended up at 1400 or whatever the number is uh is uh is right now at least on the civilian uh, account and that was that was terrible and and quite fast after uh, a few hours people uh i'd say uh stopped believing uh their uh you know their common senses the, the previous uh, ideas and and it dawned that this is bigger than anything we've seen before, um, and uh, and and then there was just there was just shock and and unprepared us for anything that uh, that could happen. Daniel, what was what was your experience? Okay, so my experience is different than any other um, experience that uh, someone have because I am a religion guy. Um, so it's very important to understand what happened that Saturday. Um, Orthodox Jewish communities in Shabbat, it was a holiday. It's called Simchat Torah. It's the, it's the end of all our holidays um, in September, October. It's, it's called in, in Hebrew calendar, it's Tishrei. It's Chagei, the holiday of Tishrei. Um, and my, my story, it's, it's like... It, 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 it was really shocked because I woke up to, um, to the Devon, um, to, it, it called Shachrit. Um, and in, in Shachrit, in the synagogue, you have like, you have people that Devon in like six o'clock, it's called Nets. It's the first time that you can pray 
um, to, 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 to the uh, Jewish law. So I wake up very early and I go to the synagogue. Um, and I live in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city that don't you don't have lots of alarms in Jerusalem. Um, so we we have we I've been outside from the synagogue because um, in 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 uh, in Torah in this holiday, everyone needs to do something that called to uh, to to read in the Torah. So because you are like this is the end of the Torah the the, the, the um, so you have like two separate uh, groups. So one group go outside to to not to take the time like you don't have you don't want to be several of hours um, and like something like seven o'clock I look up in the sky we we hear like a very strong like boom um, and I look up to the sky and I see like a mushroom of like a fog um, and we know this is like this is something that. We we don't it's not something usual, and then you start to hear alarms, um, and you don't understand what happened, um, and when I start to realize something very 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 bad happened, I have a um, like a yeshiva. It's like a, a, a school, like a university that you learn to other, and people are you know religious, and I see lots of people run out from the yeshiva in front of my home. Um, turn on the car and start to drive in Saturday. Like mm. it's 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 you know uh, it's things that unprecedented. In, yeah, only on Yom Kippur wall, and we don't have phone, we don't have computer, we don't have anything. And then someone came to the synagogue and said, "Listen, there is a terrorist on the road." Like it, for for Israeli guy, like I will told you that um, I don't know, like uh, ISIS or Al Qaeda. Um, conquer the Manhattan. Okay, this is this is like it's it's not something that can can happen. So I told him, stop to stop with that. It's, it's not it's not something real. Um, and like when the holiday gate came out, it's like seven seven uh, p.m. something like that. We opened the phone, and it was this the most horrible thing that we can see? Like one hundred deaths. And every how hour, um, it start to jump. This is how I get it. Wow. Um, first of all, uh, just from from my my point of view, and and I know I share the view of many Americans. And when we're saying we're so sorry that this happened, that it is a tragedy, and um, uh, no one should ever have to go through any kind of experience like this. So so our condolences and our 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 love go out to you and to everyone who's affected. So very, very sorry about that. And I've, I've spent time in, in Jerusalem. I, I used to do consulting there. So I understand what a beautiful city that is. And I understand how safe, um, uh, maybe not what a wonderful city it is, uh, for, for everyone who lives there. So I can only imagine, uh, your feelings there. So again, I, my heart goes out to you. In the aftermath of the attack, when once you, you know, after Shabbat and you were able to understand the totality of what was going on, understand how bad things were going, how has the mood and the atmosphere in the Israeli business sector shifted? Um, and and how does it stand now with your peers and your colleagues? And what's your viewpoint on that? Um. <clears throat> 
Listen, the truth of the matter is that uh, although we're over three weeks from that uh, Saturday, three weeks and a day now, uh, basically everybody is still in shock. It's just not... Uh, people in business will always try to put a brave face and an organized face and will try to look uh, managerial and leadership and 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 almost uh robotic in their in their uh in in their uh uh public uh public speeches or whatever they say and some of the economy is still running but the truth of the matter is that the whole of israel business and not business uh are, are still pretty much in shock because this is so big in the first place and secondly, it's still continuing. And nobody knows exactly how it is going to uh, to end. Uh, our problematic leaders, and we'll probably talk about uh, that a little bit uh, later, uh, are offering us basically some kind of uh, version of uh, sweat, uh, tears, and uh, and all the bad things. Basically, saying this could be, go a very, very long time, and the. The, the most problematic thing is that the confidence of the public, the Israeli public, uh, in their leadership, in their government, has basically disappeared. Nobody believes anybody anymore. Nobody trusts anybody anymore. Uh, there is no trust in the prime minister. There is definitely no trust whatsoever in the Ministry of uh, Finance and, uh, and Economic. Uh, even the trust in the army, which was supposed to be the one thing that uh, always kept us together in between those, uh, all right, the political fights all these years, uh, is being seriously eroded because of what happened. So, um, half the economy is just not functioning because uh, people are on reserve or because schools are closed, so parents have to stay in, uh, in the house. Same as the a little bit the same as what happened during the first uh, curfews of the coronavirus three years ago. People stay uh, stay at home, so retail is closed uh, or most of it, and uh, lots of uh, other services, uh, entertainment, all that doesn't really exist. The core of the uh, of the the economy continues to to operate. So plants are uh, working, uh, transport. Uh, you can basically formally do whatever you want. Uh, but the economy is running, uh, I, I don't know, it's maybe 70% of what it should run uh, normally. We uh, th There are some numbers to try to put out there. We can talk about it later and more, more on the macro side. But uh, again, from 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 the heart, from, from the belly, uh, it's, it's still a situation of shock, which will take a long time to uh, to, to, to recover from. And um, people are sort of living day by day. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, we, I was in Washington, D.C. Uh, on the day that 9-11 uh, occurred. I remember from my office, I could see the smoke rising from the Pentagon. Uh, and I remember the aftermath having uh, soldiers in the streets and in airports, uh, heavily, heavily armored vehicles everywhere. Uh, and it was surreal. And obviously, Israelis are more accustomed to living under fire. Uh, for those in the audience who don't know it, Israel faces a barrage of rockets on an almost daily basis. But it has largely impacted uh, a smaller subsegment of Israeli society, which is the segment of society that lives in the outskirts of Gaza and now the entire nation. 
uh, is severely impacted. Danielle, what, what is your perspective? You work both uh, as the founder and CEO of Step In, which is a, which is a LinkedIn consulting firm, as well as you help people train, uh, Orthodox men train again to the workforce. What are you seeing? What has been, what has been your experience in terms of the impact on your business and, and what you're seeing uh, in terms of workforce and the workforce uh, activities you normally be involved in? So uh, before before I answer uh, what you said right now, I just want to say something about the 9/11. Look, you need to understand all, 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 everyone that hear me right now. Um, I was in Manhattan like uh, half a year ago, um, and I, I I was I think about 9/11. Um, listen, the Israeli population is nearly something like New York, okay? Um, it said that every Israeli knows someone that or kidnapped or murdered or now in the army. Um, and in 9/11 it's, it, it was it was terrible, but it started and end and United States don't have in like situation that they they can stop to be as a state like it's not something it, it was very hard again. but in Israel right now, Um, again, it's not something of business or how how much money I will I will gain or my private business. it's it's the question if Israel can can be a state after after what we haven't like um, my brother is now uh, outside of Gaza. My brother-in-law, we we don't eat, we don't sleep. we we have a rocket on again, Israel is a very tiny, a country there is no region there is no place without an alarm uh, so J- Jerusalem don't have lots of alarm but Gushdan Tel Aviv where all the high-tech industry where all the, what everything that you want to 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 be to do business with people are have alarm every day in the last three weeks so you don't really think about the children is at home people don't want to send the kids to the to the school. Uh, we afraid on you know like terrorists still in Israel uh, hiding so okay it's it's very very complicated now um this wall um, came in a very uh, difficult situation to the economic of Israel Israel is a startup nation okay I work with the ultra orthodox uh, uh, people um I help them. um to 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 enter into the high-tech industry um the Israel high-tech industry and 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 the and New York and Nasdaq all all the all the uh, economic uh, business that we have with the state um they they gain they they have a very uh, tough year you know uh last year the two two after the 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 corona um and this is really bad impact like we we are in a middle of very bad situation a political situation and economic situation in israel um so no company are um search for employees right now i tell you more from that like if i am a recruiter i need to ask myself as an employer brand uh If I will send you a, um, like a message that if you want a position or something like that, um, and it's very good odds that the, the one that you are send a message to him is in the army right now, or he, he buried his, I don't know, cousin last week or something like that. So you need to be very smart 
in a very sensitive. So again, there is no no business right now. Everyone like still in shock. I can try before, to. Uh, yeah, please go ahead. If you want, um, I can try to 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 give you a layer of a formalistic uh, formality on uh, on this. Uh, the fact I know uh, they are as or worse than we just uh, described. Uh, it's it's uh, you know if you talk like a like an economist, it's a it's an economy that is uh, going through a severe demand uh, demand shock. Uh, just try to imagine that uh, one morning all Americans are not in the mood to buy anything at all. Just just sitting and and holding their hands and thinking about whether their country will even survive this in terms of a few months or a few years. Uh, are they going to be butchered by uh, by by the neighbors, or are they going are they going to have to flee to uh, to diaspora again? So that's the mood. I'm not saying anything like that would happen, but it's the, the mood of the consumer is non-existent. So you have a demand, uh, a really strong uh, aggregative demand shock. Now, uh, there are a few economists who have tried to uh, put some numbers on that. One of them is the team at uh, the Moody's, the American rating agency, who has to uh, review the rating uh, of Israel bonds by definition uh, of their job. And they 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 did a lifted little trick. They decided this that this was as half as bad as the coronavirus. Um, so the corona basically shuttered uh, this economy as well as other economy in the West. Obviously, uh, for a few months in the beginning of 2020, they felt like this could not go on for as long as the corona because uh, at some point uh, diplomatic efforts will, will will stop the war and. and uh, you know, the economy will restart a, a little bit. So they just took whatever happened in the corona three years ago, cut it by half and decided that that's what it's going to happen this time, which means basically that in the fourth quarter, the one that's just starting uh, next week, um, Israel's economy is going to shrink by 5% uh, compared to uh, the current quarter. So so a shrinkage of 5% quarter on quarter. Um, that's one way to do it. Uh, it's a guess, just as any other guess, because with the fog of war right now, you don't know anything. Um, the team at JP Morgan uh, went further than that. They they felt that uh, the, the drop in uh, in in, in uh, GDP in, uh, in in basically in the economic uh, um, operation is going to be about ten percent. So maybe you can do an average of these two numbers and 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 get some ideas of uh, what it's going to be it's catastrophical in in economic terms i mean you know every 0 0.0 of of uh, gdp percent in in america means the difference between uh, a feeling of uh, of uh, uh, you, you know cutting back and the, the feeling of good times uh, if we have a, a drop a double figure drop in 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 your uh, in your growth, then it's uh, it's completely crazy. I mean, obviously, people are going to be in effect much poorer. Yeah, and, yeah and we're not I talking about that... these are not. Sorry, Daniela, let me just uh, get this out. This is, these are not numbers that are recessionary. They're numbers that are depressionary, uh, and it's uh, hard to imagine uh, the the kind of damage that will cause the Israeli economy. Let's think about it plainly. Uh, I'll challenge our audience if you're if you were in a situation such as the one that's uh, being faced by Daniela and and Eitan and the people of Israel, would you want to buy a car? Would you go out there and go to a car dealership? Would you go out there and buy a new couch? 
Would you replace your refrigerator? I mean, these are not the things people are thinking about at times like this, not to mention that hundreds of thousands of people are have been called up for active duty. And uh, and as, as Daniel said, this is such a small country and such a small community. Um, there are only about 15 million Jews worldwide. About half of them live in Israel. Most of the rest live in the United States. Uh, and even I, who left Israel as a 12-year-old child, uh, have, have had people in my very immediate orbit impacted my Longtime business partner of about 20 years, um, lost his son, Omer, uh, 22 years old, volunteered to the IDF, uh, uh, grew up in the United States, went to the same high school I went to, Charles E. Smith, Jewish Day, in Rockville, Maryland, uh, and uh, was killed uh, in action. Um, so we are seeing this all over the place. Our former guest, one of our earliest guests in season one, uh, was Erez Avramov, uh, former Israeli commando. Uh, and he has shared with TJ and I that he's already lost five of his closest friends and colleagues who were not junior ranked members. These were senior members of the, of, uh, of the Israeli military, uh, particularly the commando units, and they have already uh, given, uh, given their lives uh, in defense of the nation. Daniel, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, just uh, two things about the sentiment right now. Think about if I, I, I spoke about it with uh, American friends uh, earlier this week. Um, think about if you have like a social media in uh, Pearl Arbor. So what happened in those moments, okay? Just try to imagine. This is uh, the, the first thing. The second thing that I want to to say about the business, the small business like like I have, or they, they have the biggest uh, the problem, the business that don't sell uh, crucial products like food or, or medicine or something like that, like normal you know live business like linkedin coaching or something that it uh, depends on career on or on self like people in israel just think about how much time it will take um how much money i need to stay re reserved and if it's again not something that i need right now to live so i will not do it not something that it's uh um yeah People are yeah, cutting back on anything but the yeah. absolute most essential. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. In times like these, you you also see that a lot of people band together, right? And they they the humanity comes out. They try to help each other out. Um, have you seen anything or have you heard any startings of any businesses or organizations in Israel that are, you know, maybe maybe joining hands to help support those affected families or or the communities, you know, during these times. Yeah, Daniel, maybe you'll pick up that from the from the iTech side. It, it's interesting. So uh, th there is a sense of community and helping each other in times of the in, in times of need in in Israel. And uh, I can tell you that by definition, anybody who's not doing something specific now in Israel is very upset and pissed at himself. Mm. We're not helping. So those who are not in the army are, have a feel of almost a feel a feeling of guilt for not being in the front line. Those in the second line, etc., uh, etc. Et so uh, just about any other uh, uh, man tries to do something. Any other woman tries to uh, help with packaging goods, donating, buying stuff. It's a problem that the Israeli that Israel in a situation where people actually band together to buy not arms because you can't buy them on, in the market, but uh, sometimes clothing for soldiers that should have been, uh, you know, that, that should have been uh, 
given by by the government and by the army. So we see the kind of problems that we are facing and how unprepared we were for anything serious at all. Um, but yes, there is another organization. And the interesting thing is that the high tech sector is also taking its, uh, let's say, its, uh, its knowledge and, and setting up all kind of, uh, of nifty tools to uh, to help uh, put people people together and and you know not waste to waste less less time uh, doing the same thing all over again. Uh, there's quite a lot of, uh, of organization, quite a lot of, uh, of uh, developers who are. Um, you know, on, on their spare time, basically uh, putting up uh, tools to do all kind of, uh, of communal help. Daniel, maybe you know more about that. Yeah, I, I, I tell something, Miko and Mako, in the, I, I, I agree with you. Everyone, every each person that's don't in in the army right now, so they search how they can help, um, and everyone can help. I can tell you a little story. Um, one of the days I. And my wife cooked some cakes to bring to the soldiers uh, that served near, near to me. Uh, I came and I, I was happy and like, hi, how are you? And I bring them the cakes and they look at me like, okay, another one. I look uh, to to the to what where they like uh, where they have the weapon, um, and I see like. Like a supermarket, a whole supermarket inside. Okay, like uh, drink and cakes and snacks and like the Israeli, we, we try to laugh about the situation, but they will be so fat that they can uh, go and fight. Um, so <laughs> this is something in the, in the Israeli in, yeah. in Israel. Everyone, it, it's something amazing. Like um, this is in the Miko. Everyone do something. I do a pivot, and now I do a, um, a volunteer uh, um, lecture about how to do. Uh, how to 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 do uh, good post content in LinkedIn that go viral? Um, it's very important. This is what I can do in my in my uh, small uh, efforts. In the macro, yeah, the high tech industry it's something it's really crazy. Um, first of all, it's it's a, a lots of uh, high tech company have a problem because there is a startup or early stage uh, a startup that afraid. That if they will um, write something, um, so it can it can do very bad things to their business, to their funds, to the VCs that they work with. So you can see lots of Israeli startup that you you want like there is no war. Okay, this is a, a one situation. The other situation is uh, very big companies that they don't start up. They you know um, they 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 have a. Uh, um, uh, they they have a lot of business in in the USA that they uh, write about it, but they are afraid too that they have problem with the employees um, in Europe, um, in and in the states. Employees that can support Hamas ISIS. Okay, this is things that happen, um, and this is a very crucial thing. I don't know if you heard about the the story with the the weeks uh, employee that say that Israel is a terrorist uh, state and then and the weeks it's a it's a Israel company um, and it's like it was very very close to diplomatic uh, conflict with the uh, with Ireland uh, government so lots of Israeli companies have to take their situation they understand what their employees uh, search. 
they search the support in the IDF soldier, uh, in uh, the population that don't have a home. Listen, it's like people don't have home right now. They they um, put out a fire like hundreds of houses. Uh, people in Kiryat Shmonite in the north uh, of Israel, they here in Jerusalem in hotels, you don't have a room in hotels in Israel. Uh, more than 1,000 1, people uh, are not in their home right now. Um, more than so 1 million. One, yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, lots of uh, IT company take their offices to uh, to kids to some uh, uh, place that uh, people can come and to take a shower or to go to a gym or to eat something or people uh, things like that. Uh, you have even companies that donate uh, like millions of 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 uh, the raised fund. It's not something that uh, connected to the government. It's only private people. Um, so yes, uh, it take uh, it take a very uh, crucial uh, and dramatic here in Israel. So as I as I listen to you, and obviously I'm I'm following the situation very closely. It's been uh, I I my heart shatters every time I uh, open Facebook and see images of uh, young families and, and elderly uh, who lost their lives or were kidnapped. Um, and, and I'm glad we're doing this episode, PJ, because I think I don't know that uh, for most people who are, even those who are paying attention, watching CNN, watching Fox News, reading the newspaper, I don't know that you have quite the appreciation uh, for what life in Israel is like right now. Uh, we're hearing it, I think, in ways that are uh, far more um, uh, real and, and, and hard to uh, look away from. And for all those people who uh, are looking for uh, Israel to de-escalate the situation, uh, again, listen to, to what you're hearing from, uh, from our two guests, Eitan and Daniel. Uh, I, I, am I correct that you are still hearing uh, sirens? There's still uh, people still need to go to their safe rooms. Uh, all, on a constant basis, all the time. And as you noted, and this is, I don't know how much the uh, uh, world is aware of the fact that it is now a two-front uh, conflict, even though it's maybe not formally so. Hezbollah, to the north of Israel, out of Lebanon, is attacking and infiltrating Israel and, and shooting rockets and missiles. And uh, my understanding is that their missile, uh, that the number of missiles they have is in the hundreds of thousands uh, armed by Iran. So uh, it is literally an existential uh, war uh, for Israel and for for people of the Jewish faith. Um, I I, I want to ask a quick and and it's 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 a bit of a, a slight pivot. I want to talk about mental well being. Uh, Danielle, you're in training. You train people. Um, the, the the extent of this trauma is such that uh, it's it's immeasurable and and also it's you're in the middle of it. So it's impossible, I think, at this point, to tell how things will turn out. But what would you what what advice would you give uh, to people who are uh, dealing with this uh, from from the standpoint of uh, trying to manage your own uh, mental health? What advice can you give people? Um, whether they are uh, obviously frontline, it's 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 its own. Um, it, it, it's hard to even put into uh, anything that any of us would understand what it must be like to be a soldier on the front lines there right now. But for an everyday. Um, citizen of Israel, what, 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 what are they doing to protect their mental health or what could they be doing in your view? Okay, so the first thing that everyone needs to understand that it's they have to do something for their mental health because 
Yesterday, uh, uh, it's very hard to say it. Uh, a nine years old for Mashdod, a very little child, you know, nine years old. Um, she she gained last week a heart attack because of the siren mm. in Ashdod, and she died from a heart attack. Okay, um, this is something that we have to speak about. I told my wife every time when we have a siren. We need to calm down. We need to take the kids. We need to sing with them song because it's going to be a, a long time. So after the first shock, uh, after the first week, it, it was very hard. I was here in, like, I was in uh, Herzl Mount, where is the, 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 the IDF cemetery. Uh, it was like uh, people go up, people go down in the stairs. It was like funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral of young People, you know, uh, it was very hard. After the first week, you have to understand we cannot go to sleep again. So you have to uh, to hear to uh, music, happy music. You have to eat well. You have to 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 do things that will. Uh, you 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 have to shut down the news. Uh, people here again, they go from one hundred percent of their business to they don't have clients, they don't have anything to do. So um, again. I took it to fight uh, with uh, uh, people that they uh, call, call Israel a Nazi or uh, again uh, last week in, on LinkedIn uh, a comment, someone comment me, uh, someone, his name is Karim Abdul Aziz uh, from the Emirates. He told me that Hitler was completely right. So he struggled with the wrong Jew, you know. Um, I take and I write a post on LinkedIn, and I do an intelligence on the on his company, uh, CAE. Uh, it's a Canadian corporate. I don't know them, um, and I just tagging all their managers, all the board, um, and we closed his uh, LinkedIn profile. Um, so I took the, the 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 time to do something that I I can you know not think about my brother and about my my brother-in-law that they are in Gaza right now. They fight for us to get so we, we the, the only democracy in the Middle East, the only state of the Jewish people in the world can, will be here. Um, and, and it's not a joke. It's really serious situation. You know, I'll, I'll um, I'll just pipe in really quick. I back in 2014, I got to spend some a good bit of time in Jerusalem, and I will say that my own experience. And one day it was it was the day of um, it was a World Cup final or World Cup matches between, uh, if you remember, um, Brazil and Germany, when I believe Germany won like seven six one six one six one seven, seven, one. seven, one, six one, yeah, seven one. they won. <laughs> they 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 really want. Yeah. And the reason why I bring this up is because that day I was at my hotel in Jerusalem and sirens did go off and we had to run downstairs and go into uh uh the the shelter, the safe room, the bomb shelter. And uh so I was down there for like an hour and a half. Now I'm I'm from Chicago. So we have we have the, you know, the specter of violence all the time. Different type of violence, obviously. And so I was in this bomb shelter for an hour and a half. Women were crying. It was, it was terrible. Uh, and then we come out and then like literally an hour later, we're out in the streets. Everyone's out watching the world cup game and having a great time. And, and it always impressed me about, 
you know, since this is actually one of the tenets of this of this broadcast, it really impressed me about the resilience of the Israeli people and how they're, you know, uh, my my the person I was working with or for at the time, he was like, wow, you know. Uh, aren't you glad that uh, you're safe here in Israel rather than being in Chicago? And I was like, uh, we don't have bomb shelters in Chicago, but it- yeah, but I, I have to say about it something. I I were I were a kid as the the second intifada here in Jerusalem. Um, the rule is when you go on a bus, you need to go to sit in the last uh, 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 in the last seat that you can because if some suicide bomber will go on the bus. So the, the, the odds that you will die, it will be the lowest that you can. Mm. This is how I grew up. But we speak about, we, we, you know, we, every year we have a terrorist attack here. One, one man murdered, two men murdered, 10 people get shot in, seven people get shot in Neve Yaakov. It's a neighbor in Jerusalem last, last, last year. Okay, I've been 400 meters from there. But these seven people, we, we speak about, like we get we we get close to the numbers of 9/11, and again we are 10 million population. So this is something different. This is the we even as the Israeli don't don't have the 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 the, the tools to handle with that situation. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and Listen, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't like to uh, glorify uh, Israel's resilience in the sense that. This is uh, the reality in the Middle East. Uh, humans, by definition, are resilient. They have to be to survive. And uh, they continue in spite of uh, every adversity they uh, they have to uh, uh, to, to face. Now, uh, I'm, I, I'm not a psychiatrist or, or a psychologist, so I can't say anything professional about it. But you are going to have, even in the... Uh, in in the optimistic scenario where this war ends in some way and there is a diplomatic and political arrangement that will give some sort of quiet for, I don't know, five, ten years. It happened before. Let's hope it happens uh, again. People are going to be left with very serious traumas for a long time of several kinds. First of all, you always have the people that fight, soldiers, etc. Every war, Americans know about what happened to people who came back from Vietnam, it's no different than soldiers coming back from Israeli wars. Uh, and then you also will have uh, civilian shock and civilian traumas because people um, around the Gaza Strip, in the kibbutzim and the towns around the, the Gaza Strip, woke up with uh, zombies, basically, knocking on their doors, raping, killing, beheading, burning them and you know you can put a brave face on that but if you are anywhere near uh this this is going to come to your dream even if you feel safer uh for a very long time um so um my 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 instinct tells me that we're going to have to deal with a lot of unknown and 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 difficult uh things in 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 terms of uh um, you know, mental health in the next few years. Sorry about that. Eitan, Daniel, no, it's, uh, I, I wholeheartedly understand it and, uh, and I'm heartbroken by it. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Israel and I, I was, I was, uh, speaking about it uh, yesterday with my girlfriend and I told her that when I grew up in Israel, uh, the songs that they taught me in kindergarten, 
were songs about peace. I don't remember anyone ever teaching me any songs about anything but peace. And it breaks my heart because I, I grew up in a home of a father who was uh, uh, very much a proponent of a two-state solution. Um, and I myself have lived most of my life being a proponent of a two-state solution. And I feel for ordinary Palestinians. I do. I, don't, I, don't, I never like to see any children uh, or any, anyone innocent uh, in the way of harm, in Such harm's way. way. Absolutely. The situation is, uh, is not one where um, you, know, you have two sides that are interested necessarily in the same thing. Hamas has been very clear. Their goal, their objective is the eradication of the Jewish state, the elimination of the Jewish people and Palestinian state from one end of uh, one seat to another. Uh, and that is what the Israeli people are fighting against. And uh, you know, in the context of this podcast, obviously, um, I, I feel like I'm doing a little bit in bringing Eitan's voice and Daniel's voice uh, to our audience, uh, PJ, and I appreciate your support and uh, being an advocate for us doing this episode. Um, and, and my objective is not to, as, as, as Eitan said, not to glorify uh, the, the, the situation in any way, to humanize it. Uh, you know, there's, there's an, a tendency right now, particularly in the world media, to see what's happening in Gaza and assume that that's, uh, that's the extent uh, of what's going on. But in fact, hundreds of rockets continue to land on Israel. Alarms go off constantly. People cannot live. Their kids cannot go to school. Um, the economy is not functioning. And, and that's reality. And as, as we're hearing from, from Eitan, one of Israel's most prominent journalists in the business world, uh, there is absolutely no way to tell at this point where it's going uh, and what's happening next. But I, I do want to finish. And you know, generally speaking, our the objective of this podcast is to uplift. Uh, and I want to ask, uh, start with you, Eitan, and then you, Daniel. With the world's eyes on Israel, what message do you want to convey uh, to our listeners? Our, our audience is made up of uh, entrepreneurs, business people, leaders. If, if American business people, entrepreneurs, leaders, and people around the world, we actually have an audience that's global, would like to stand with Israel uh, at this time, what, what, would, what, could, what would you want to see uh, out of the international community, uh, Eitan? We did not talk about uh, another elephant in, in, in the room of, of Israel, the, the room of the Middle East, is the fact that Israelis are very divided about their leadership. Um, mm -hmm. Half the country does not believe its leaders, uh, specifically Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, half the country may or may not, I don't know, I, I, I'm not a part of, of that half. Uh, maybe Daniel can help a little bit, but uh, ultra-religious and uh, religious and uh, uh, historically uh, right-wing uh, members still stick uh, with, uh, with Netanyahu, but it's very, very difficult to fight a war. And it's very difficult to uh, run a government if um, you know there is no trust between population, and mostly there is no trust uh, with with, uh, with your leaders. So, um, looking forward, uh, optimistically, it's very difficult to find a silver lining there. But uh, lo looking forward, I would try to uh, request uh, foreign leaders and people. Uh, to put pressure on Israel to sort its own house together in the sense of do whatever is necessary and get behind some leadership that can rally the country and get things going. Because right now, many, many things don't work at all. Uh, the government is barely functioning. Um, we, we don't have time to go, uh, why is that? But uh, 
basically because politicians were busy uh, lining their pockets and their uh, constituents and rather than doing the right thing for the whole public. Um, the pressure should be on, on, on the politicians to get together. If need be, uh, put Netanyahu aside if he can't uh, rally the country together and put somebody else instead. Do whatever it takes, get together and do the job done. Yeah. Before Daniel uh, comments, I just want to add uh, that the, the surveys show that uh, support for the prime minister is into the low twenties, um, and that if he if there was an election now, the, uh, the 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 block that is not in the prime minister's uh, under the prime minister's control would, would 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 win three quarters of the seats in the Knesset. Whether that uh, holds, we'll see. Um, Danielle, what is what is your perspective? Um, and, and again, I, I really want to emphasize what can people who are listening who want to help do? So, okay, so I, I, I my point of view is um, all the situation that we we've been through and it's you know it's currently happened. Um, when you analyze a business or data or something, you can learn only if you have the data. From the past, this is you know this is the the the, the most uh, the most basic rules in every business. Um, if I uh, look on the Jewish people in all the history, and this is where I can learn. I want uh, you, Tal and PJ, um, take this message ahead. Um, every time that we have been something devastating. Um, the Jewish people, the Israel, the, this um, like miracle country, have gained more power and more money, um, and know how to raise themselves to another level. Um, before, like, you know, um, less than one hundred years, if you told some to someone, um, or in in you know in the, the the middle of the Holocaust, that this is the situation that we will been uh right now they will wish for even all the the, the nightmare that we, we we have an army we have a strong army we are a very strong allies france united states um and we will grow up so if you want to invest this is my message if you want to invest this is the time to invest in israel because every time that we been something very hard we can grow our. We are taking uh, the, the very difficult situation, and we we did from 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 the lemon lemonade. I know it's cliche, but this is the truth. This is the, the this is the basic thing. Listen, this is very hard. Okay, this is very hard. But um, I don't want to speak about politics. I think after the war, Israel will be. You know, uh, we, we talk about the the the, the ultra orthodox uh, community. Uh, people want to 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 uh, to serve in the IDF. You hear uh, people that don't go to the IDF. Uh, this is you know inner situation in Israel between uh, between um, communities, but things will change, and I'm very optimistic about about because about what happened right now in Israel. Well, um, Eitan, Daniel, first of all, thank you both for making time in this very traumatic uh, moment in your nation's history. And and uh, I, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your experiences uh, with our audience. Um, all I can say is that I, I believe that anyone um, listening who 
aspires for peace needs to understand that uh, the situation Israel is facing is that it's not negotiating with someone that's interested in the compromise. And that is the challenge. Hamas ISIS, as it's now referred to uh, in Israel and in the around the world, is not interested in compromise. Um, yesterday, the Israeli army uh, showed evidence that Hamas's con- command and control center is under Kifa Hospital, the largest hospital in Gaza. Uh, that, by the way, is a war crime. Uh, putting your command and control center in a hospital is a war crime. Uh, they're also uh, storing fuel and weapons in the hospital, which is also a war crime. Uh, and so, um, if if the aspiration of anyone in the audience is for peace, it has to start with the uh, with Hamas uh, no longer having any power and not existing. Uh, only then, perhaps, that vacuum can be closed. And yes, a lot of harm uh, will be caused, and a whole lot of people that don't deserve it uh, will be in the way. And that is deeply traumatic and, and unfortunate. Under the circumstances, though, I, I don't know that any of us who are living in the West uh, would expect our government to act any differently. Um, as I, as I, I'm, I'm in, actually in Canada right now in business, and as I was talking to my colleagues here in Canada, and also have some colleagues here uh, on this two-week uh, business trip that are from Mexico, and I talked about the fact that, you know, had missiles, hundreds of rockets were flying into the United States from Canada, uh, or from Mexico, uh, the people of the United States would expect their military and their government to respond and respond forcefully and end it. And that is exactly what the people of Israel yeah. are asking of their government. And I think what we're hearing, and it's, you know, this is the reality of the situation. Uh, in the fog of war, it's it's hard to tell who's responsible. It's pretty clear that this was a intelligence failure of historic proportions, in many ways exceeding the intelligence failure that led to the 1973 uh, Yom Kippur War, which actually was exactly, the, it was the 50th anniversary of that war, the day of this attack. Yeah. And if history is any guide, Golda Meir was the prime minister then, she paid the price, she uh, left politics after, uh, and it's uh, highly likely that we'll see the same with Prime Minister Netanyahu. But you know what, Netanyahu said, this isn't time for politics, it's time for people to rally together. And I want you to know, I stand behind you. Uh, I, I live in Tampa Bay, Florida, not necessarily a, a hotbed of uh uh, a Jewish uh, or Israeli uh, support, but there have been rallies in Tampa Bay with thousands of people uh, coming in support of Israel and standing together and singing Hatikva, which has been one of the most emotional experiences of my life. Uh, we stand with you. We pray for you. We pray for peace. Um, and may God protect all of you and, and the people of Israel. PJ, is there anything you want to close with? Uh, just, you just, I just want to mirror those sentiments, right? I, I want uh, everyone to be safe and and uh, to hopefully come out of this terrible, terrible situation as as best as possible. And I am sure that the resilience of Israel will will uh, show itself again very, very soon because I, I've seen it. And and uh, you know, I just I just wish the very best for everyone. Thank you, hey, Tad, Daniel, thank, you, thank you so much. I will wait for you and coffee in Jerusalem after all this mess we land. Uh, we love that. That I love great. that very much. Take care, gentlemen. And that's a wrap, folks. Like what you heard? Want to support the show? Please follow our page on LinkedIn and Facebook. Visit us on YouTube. And please like and rate us on all of your favorite podcast streaming services. You can also see exclusive content, subscribe for free to our weekly blog, support our sponsors, and soon buy our merchandise at www.bravingbusiness.com. Thanks for being a part of our production. And we'll see you next time on the Braving Business Podcast. 